Hey everyone. Isn't it? I just love what's happening here. It just really has struck me this year. Just it really feels like there's this massive outpouring out of us as people. Everyone I talk to from The Rock, every conversation I have just feels like it's got so much richness and depth in it. So it was great hearing some of that tonight in terms of not new voices, but new voices. So Sam started us off last week with a beautiful, broad canvas in terms of what a healthy relationship with the Lord looks like. So sharing from his own experience, but also some general principles about healthy relationship, including the quality of one-on-one time and also the day-to-day, day-in, day-out abiding with the Lord. So I'm going to angle in a bit more tonight in terms of how in my life the Holy Spirit's used the scriptures, the living scriptures in the Bible, as part of how he's changing me, part of how he is renewing my mind, because we know that the Bible says that it's in the renewing of the mind that we're transformed. So before I give you some examples, there's a few general approach things that he's really impressed on me to share with you, and you'll see that they, they go underneath these examples. They are about how he does what he does in the word. And this first one sounds really obvious, but he's really impressed it on me, so don't tune out because it sounds so obvious. So the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He is the one who leads us into all truth, as Greg just says before, and he's a person of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is God. So sometimes I think there's a mindset that says that there's the Holy Spirit and the Bible, and God gave us those two things, and he did, but the Bible isn't God, and the Holy Spirit is, okay? And I just felt like, for some of us, we need to realize that if we're reading this without his teaching and guidance, that's how you end up in a form of godliness without the power. That's how you end up doing good things, but not being changed. So this afternoon, I was like, I, can, I know, Lord, what's the best analogy I can give of this? And he said, so this is my journal. This is where I pour out my heart. This is where I write down the things he's showing me, my hopes, dreams, fears, aspirations. The world according to Joe, which hopefully is conforming to the world according to God <laughs> over time. And he said, when my people... Engage in my word, not under the tuition of the Holy Spirit. It's like someone trying to get to know you only by reading your journal. And I just felt so grieved. I just thought, and I could feel his grief, that if you read this, you will figure some things out about me. But you'll never know me as a person, if that's your approach. If you think that you can pick up this and read it and know it and dig into it, Without the tuition of the Holy Spirit, you will end up in a form of godliness without the power. You'll end up trying to change yourself because you'll see a high calling in there, but you won't have the power to change yourself. Okay? Relatedly, the Word of God is a description of God's reality. So as Greg says often, it tells us who God is and who the church is. 
So it's really important that when we read things in here about things to do and not to do, that again we see that as the Lord describing who we are and who he is going to conform us into. Not as a set of, I need to stop doing this and start doing that. And I'm going to give you an example of the difference of this later. But two things. We can't change ourselves, but also it's really heavy. Otherwise you're like, oh, now I'm being more patient, but I'm being less kind. And, <laughs> you know, I'm being more loving. Literally, it's this kind of, I'm loving my kids more or so I think, but I'm less loving the church because I don't have the capacity to do both. Okay, so it's not it, as a first order to be applied as a set of behaviours. And the third thing is, when you read things and you don't know what they look like, look at Christ. Again, very obvious, but it's something that he's just been really impressing on me lately, is he is the perfect example. You will see it in the way he walked on this earth, because that's how we're meant to walk. So when you go, eh, what does that look like? Ask the Holy Spirit and he will more than likely take you to the Gospels. Example of that, so... Peace that surpasses understanding. For quite a while, when things were tumultuous in my outer world, and my inner realm was responding in tumultuousness, so stress out here, stress in here, I'd hear the Holy Spirit say, you could be asleep in the boat. And he was pointing me back to Jesus, right? There's an outward storm, but the Father's already spoken ahead about where Jesus is going, so he knows the boat's not going to (laughs) sink. However, also, and he's just impressed this on me over the last week, although Jesus' inner realm was undisturbed by that storm, those around him wasn't, weren't. They were disturbed. And he responded to that too. He did calm the storm. So it's not this kind of ungrounded, what are you all worrying about, don't you know Jesus kind of business. Actually, although the inner realm has not been governed by what's external, it is sensitive to it, and it will respond in a way that demonstrates God's ways to others. Okay? So, with those over and under points, let's talk about some things he's taught me, or how he teaches me, I guess, through the word. So, for me, probably compared to most of you, I would guess, it's not about frequency or quantity, so I don't read lots of the Bible compared to lots of Christians. I don't read big chunks of it when I do read it. What happens for me is there will be something in the word that will come alive to me and which will just echo and echo and echo. Or something that I just know is him, and it might not even echo, but I just know that it's at work in my life. So I'm not, you'll hear, because we're all different, you'll hear really potentially contradictory things. So there'll be some people who will um, read much more by quantity, who will do things that I almost never do, like look at what the root meanings of words are. I don't do that stuff very often at all because I'm me, and that's not how he's teaching me, at least at the moment. But what happens to me is, the best way I can describe it, I get these, I get a sense in my spirit. So sometimes... I'll read something and my spirit will just lift. I'll just feel this spiritual wow, this sense of awe. 
sometimes it's like my head just turns. Like I'll read something, I'll be like, what? (laughs) There's that amazing prayer in Ephesians 3 where he talks about Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith and our transformation. That For months, I just, I couldn't understand it, but I couldn't stop reading it. So it's, to me, that's when he's just trying to turn my head and say, here's something that is completely out of your grid. Okay? Or the third thing is that it's like a sword that pierces into my gut. I can almost feel it when he's really going, pay attention now. <laughs> something needs to shift. So that's how I know that he's really saying something to me through the word. And then there's this process that, again, you'll see in all these examples, and you'll, we were talking about, Greg was talking about it this morning. But the, broadly, there are three bits to it. So the first is a response, and the response for me is, is as simple as, I know that's you, I know you're saying something, I might not even know what it is. Or if I do, I, I choose to believe what you're saying rather than what I currently think. So that's repentance, effectively. I say yes to what you're saying in favour of what I think in my head. And to me, that's about that's the piece that we've heard about tonight about yielding, giving him permission to transform our minds. There has to be a response, but it's not necessarily a big, intense one in, in a natural, fleshly way. But we'll talk about that a bit more later too. So that's our bit. And then he does something, basically. So sometimes there's a story here where just instantly he said something, I could see it, and it's worked out. And other times there's a process that takes time. But it really is him that does something. In between, sometimes there is an element. When when he's showing you something, showing me something in my life which is really out of line, there can be an element of just stop doing that because it's going to cause you and others more grief but that's not the transform that's not the transformed position that's the kind of let's put a pause on this while we transform you position and I think it's really important that we understand that that is not the end again that's the form of godliness without power that's not change that's just stopping and starting different behaviors so I'm gonna the first story I'll tell you is the first way that he taught me personally about how his word works to renew our minds. So I'll tell you the story front ways, kind of how it happened, and then I'll go back and tell you what I now understand. Because the cool thing about him as our teacher is we don't have to be able to articulate it for it to be happening. So we can't judge by whether someone can say it, whether it's happened. How we can tell in our own lives and in others is by the change in them. So, if you know Nick and I, we both love people, but Nick is much more naturally outgoing than me, much more sociable. He's also much more naturally spontaneous than me. So, when years ago, when we first came to The Rock and we just felt so loved and we loved being here and all the rest of it, and Nick would often on a Sunday just want to invite people home for lunch. (laughs) And... (laughs) This is where God trumps personality, right? Because what you see is over time, things change. But at the time, I would be like, oh, I've got these kids that are much younger than ours. I might not know the people. I love people, but I like smaller groups and people we know. So I'd get quite irritated about this and either say no or just 
be a general pain about it. (laughs) (laughs) And then one day, literally just reading the word quite happily, and in 1 1 Peter 4, 9, it says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. (laughs) (laughs) And it was literally like, it sounds so basic, but it was literally a sword. I was like, this is, this behavior I'll tell it as I would have understood it at the time. This isn't right. This behavior isn't right. So I acknowledged that. Just That's it. I was like, oh, well, that's not right. should change that. <laughs> and so stage one was literally just that I stopped moaning about it. So, you know, if Nick invited someone around, I just stopped moaning. And that was my understanding at the time of, because I didn't understand what I know now. I was like, well, that's, that's good. That's dealt with. <laughs> However... Then what happened, so completely, so the word's been accepted, okay? I've, I've acknowledged that's not right. Then over here, you've, most of you have heard my story about the journey he took me on through running, where he, he showed me through my natural body about how much he loved his body, the church. He showed me about how the body is to function, how it's to build each other up in love. And he broke my heart with what it's like when his body's fractured and disconnected and so can't build itself up in love in the way he intends. And now, through that process of renewing my mind, I love spending time with the people of God, even if I don't know them. So can you see the difference? One, Or or I'll show you the process in in this other language now. So the first bit when I read that scripture and went, that's not right, and I acknowledge it, was the, the response and repentance. But I didn't have to try and then think hard about what, Changed myself. I just stopped doing that because that was causing harm. Right? That's just relationally unhelpful to be behaving that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. You'll keep. And then there's this other process, completely unconnected. Going, like looking backwards, they're fully connected. But going forward in time, they don't look connected mm. at all. I want you to start running and stop moaning. But. That was the process that he used. And in that process, the scripture came at the back end. So he did, after he'd shown me this all through the natural body, show me that Ephesians 4 and other scriptures say exactly this. But it didn't start in the scriptures, but it was consistent with it. And then, actually, funnily, when I look at the scripture now, so that scripture, the before and after it, talks exactly about the body and how it works. But I didn't need to see that then. He was going to change my heart, change my mind, so I would then understand that. But that wasn't, his entry point was actually a pretty simple behaviour. Cool. So I'll give you another example. It's, I'm calling them different types, but they're not really, because in God everything's one in a sense. They're all ways that he is using the living scriptures to transform me. But this one is a different type in that it's a scripture he's used to really bring, give me sight of who I am in him and who, how he sees me. So if you think about this, the last one I talked about, that was more about how his kingdom works in a general way and how he sees things. So I 
personally would probably only have a handful of these scriptures where he's really kind of said, this is you. And they're all true for all of us, but where he's really put his hand on them. And they're an interesting pairing. Like if I, Again, if I look through time, what's been happening here is at a family level, the apostolic has been saying, here's who the church is, here's who she's called to be, here's who the standard that she's called to live to. And my heart's been receiving that, in a, as I've said to Greg more than once. It's that thing where your, your spirit recognises it as truth and drinks it in and receives it. And if someone says... What's he saying? You go, oh, I don't really know. <laughs> because in the early days, your mind doesn't know, right? Your spirit is receiving the seed. And it will work if it's received in the heart in the same way that what I'm talking about here will. But you probably won't understand it straight away because it's something needs to change here and here. And so at the same time as this is happening at the family level, at the micro level for each of us, he's speaking identity which is fully consistent with that, but in some places potentially there's particular angles he's got on it that he wants us to see in ourselves. So about five years ago it would have been, yeah, over that. Again, I was just reading the word and there was this part of Proverbs 31 that, and this was the kind of instant piece, not instant change, but where my mind was renewed instantly, I could see this thing straight away as much as I could see today. So it's this little part in Proverbs 31 that says, Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. She opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. And as soon as I saw it, I could... I don't mean in a practical way, but it was like there was this hologram. There was the current me, and then there was that. And again, if you look at that scripture, that's Christ. All of those things are Christ. All of those things are all of us. But I just... The best way I can describe it to you is that I didn't even, I knew there was a gap, but the focus wasn't on the gap. The focus was just on, that's me. (laughs) And I didn't, and again, this goes to where intensity in the spirit is different to intensity in the flesh. So intensity in the flesh thinks, right, so I now need to intensely kind of do things about this. I need to analyse this and understand what it means. need to be praying it all the time and talking about it all the time. Whereas intensity in the spirit is actually rest. It's this place of going, I fully accept that. In this case, I, I wrote it, it was on a piece of paper on my mirror for several years, but I didn't really think about it very much. It's almost like I didn't need to because it had been so fully believed and received that it was just going to do its thing. It didn't need anything else from me at all. And it was crazy, he just reminded me of this scripture as I was thinking about what to share here during the week. And as he talked to me about it, I thought, man, I didn't... There are things about it that I now understand that if I tried to understand then, I just I would have done what Nick was describing and kind of gone off down all sorts of paths trying to make different things to what he was talking about happen. And he started to show me that even though I wasn't worried about the gap closing because I was so convinced of what he was saying, the gap was closing. (laughs) And it was actually, again, in the intensity of kingdom life, that very day at work, 
my boss, who's awesome, came to me and he said, are you, are you okay because you don't seem quite yourself? You seemed a bit frantic yesterday. And then another person who I really respect and who knows me well came to me and said, are you all right? Because I heard you have a crack at someone yesterday and that's not usually the kind of thing you do. What's going on? And I just, kind of three things occurred to me. So it's kind of funny, the Lord's just reminded me of this scripture, showing me the gaps closing and then something that says, except for yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) And three things struck me. One, I was like, man, how blessed am I that I have people who will say those kind of things to me in my workplace. Because I was like, it was, it was shocking to hear, but better hear it on day one than when it's been going on like this for a while. The second thing that occurred to me was, actually, I must have come a bit unhinged. Like if that kind of thing's going on again, then my connection to him has come a bit apart for a minute because that isn't usual. And thirdly, I just rejoice because actually over top of that, they were calling that out as unusual behaviour. So it was actually confirmation the gap's closing, but a reminder that outside of him, there's nothing. So again, in terms of the word in our kids, like we, different families, different things, but we don't do lots of Bible study with our kids. We don't have like a regular Bible study thing. But as we live with the Lord, we share with the Lord, with them, our life in the Lord, including the scripture. Because then it's the scripture that's alive to us, rather than some sort of Bible study routine that may not even yet be alive to us. And what we do, again, in terms of this, the word giving defining sight for each of our kids... They're named of God, and there's a particular significant scripture for each of them that he spoke into their lives early. And so we do have some practical things. So I have them on our bedroom wall in terms of with some stuff underneath it. They have them in their bedrooms. But actually, more important than that is that's the site we're parenting them to. So we are not parenting them to what actually... Again, the Lord's very clever like this, where the, what's in front of us looks the opposite to, and where there's a choice about, does that mean this isn't true? It's like, no, that's fully, again, the holograph. That's who this person is. It's just they don't yet know it. Very free place to parent from. One final one, and again, this, this is a little bit more back to, to the first example where the Lord is using Scripture now to continue to align my focus. And I was saying to Nick that one thing that strikes me about him is it's actually pretty simple. So as he's aligning me, things fall away. They don't get more complicated. They get more simple because actually Christ is the head of the church 
seated in heavenly places above all things. All things are under him. <laughs> he is eternal. And so if I'm starting to get, and that's what this example's about, a bit hung up on how does this fit and how does that fit, it means I'm looking at the wrong level. Yeah. And I might be looking at things of God, but I'm not looking at God himself. <laughs> so, not funny or surprising actually, but before Greg speak, started speaking out of 1 Corinthians 13, the Lord started speaking to me out of it too. And it's really, again, sometimes these most familiar scriptures are the ones that it's hardest for us, him to get through to us, I think, because we think we know them, we think we know what they're about. But actually there's infinite depth in them. And why he started speaking to me about it is because I'd started to get a bit hung up on kind of questions like, could I really give my life if it was called, you know? What about if it was my kids that were at stake? Could I really? And so he took me straight to that scripture. So, you know, the bit at the very beginning where it says, you know, I can know all the mysteries, I can give my body to be burned and all my possessions, I can speak in tongues, I can prophesy. If I don't have love, it's not worth anything. So I knew that, but it did two things. One is that it, it just realigned my perspective. It was like, again, why are we looking at these things? Why are you bothered about that? When none of that's eternal. So in eternity, what will we have? We'll have him and our relationship with him. There won't be any need for anybody to give their bodies to be burned. <laughs> there won't be any need for the mysteries to be revealed because all will be seen. There won't be any need for prophecy. Everything will be seen. The purpose of those things is for the body to build itself up in love. All of those giftings, they are now things. They are not eternal things. So yes, they matter a lot, but they are not the purpose. And so it really, I guess the alignment that it brought was just a simplification. Because again, I look at patience, kindness, not seeking its own way. Like I'm not fully perfected in that and I know it. But that's what's eternal, and that's him. So he's saying, actually, you're not... The first lot of things, if they're called on, will take care of themselves if you just focus on getting to know me better and having love formed in you. So I guess the message out of that story is that for me, his teaching does bring me into rest, Often his, his alignment to me takes me out of something that looks overly complicated and impossible. So how am I going to balance, for example, I know that parenting is really important, I know you love the church, you've given me this job, how am I going to balance that? And he says, well, don't worry about that, seek me first. But also remember that my capacity is infinite. So I can give you the wisdom you need for any of those things before you've even woken up <laughs> if you would seek me for it. So rest in simplicity. It's not my job to worry about how to balance all of those things that he's put in my hand. It's my job to seek him first. And what matters to him, what's eternal, is faith, hope, and love. Simple, eh? <laughs>
So I hope you find that freeing in terms of going, actually, this doesn't have to be overly complicated and it doesn't have to be overly intense in a natural sense. But just remember who your teacher is and let him lead this process and then you can rest. So there's some questions and there's some more scriptures, eh?